Hello. Welcome to the podcast, Process Theology, which explains how it is that everything is in the process of becoming, even God, and you are the means by which God does so. You are significant. My name is Daniel, and I am the host of of this podcast. We left off with the last podcast with the explanation of what we were going to do now was to validate the concept of process theology, process reality, panentheism, and symbiotic panentheism, all of which are one form or another of process theology. And what we are going to look at are the three basic categories that we use three basic categories of knowledge that we use to understand reality. And it is those subject areas which validate process theology. And we are going to begin by using or entering or studying the third oldest of the three. And the three being science, which is the youngest, which is observation, and philosophy, which is the next youngest, which is rationality, rational dialectics, and the oldest being religion, ancient texts, and what the ancient texts and the ancients themselves gave us to help us understand reality. So let's begin with religion. And let's pick the oldest major religion existing in our society today. And then we will look at them from the oldest to the youngest. So we're going to begin with Hinduism. And Hinduism firmly established within the East three basic concepts. One, monotheism. Two, the identicality of the causative force, 
and self. And three, the eternal soul. So beginning with Hinduism, we are going to define what Hinduism is. And we're going to use a neutral source to do this. We're going to use the Dictionary of Philosophy and Religion by William L. Rees, page 302. In that dictionary, Rees describes Hinduism as implicitly monotheistic. It is the message of the Upanishads that the indwelling, all-prevailing supreme being, or Brahman, is identical with the individual self, or Atman. The Hindu religion has six systems of philosophy embedded within it. The systems one through two describe nine substances. The four atoms and space, time, ether, mind, and soul, created the world by fashioning the nine substances into an ordered universe. Then systems three through four describe two basic categories eternal spirits, and natural order, periodically dissolving the cosmoses and reinitiating the process. Then systems five through six hold the entire world to be an illusion and Brahman to be the sole reality, held the world to be the appearance whose reality is Brahman. End of quote. Hinduism is the most ancient of modern religions. Hinduism gave us the broad-based support of the concepts of monotheism, a causative force, the soul, and individuality existing into eternity. The Hindus gave us the knowledge, faith, and belief in one causative force, creator, initiator, cosmic force, which leads to a sense of the characteristic of the causative force being everywhere, omnipresent. 
Without this understanding of one causative force, omnipresence is not possible. Without omnipresence, we could not have globally progressed from Hinduism to the Judaic 1000s BC. Buddhists, 500s BC. Christian, 0 BC. Or Islamic, 500 AD. For they are, for they all, evolve around the concept of one causative force, the soul, an eternal state of being for the soul, and a place of existence to which the soul can go. In other words, Hinduism established in modern times the concept of the soul and the soul having a human known base from which to operate. So it is, Hinduism validates what it is. Process theology, process philosophy, panentheism and symbiotic panentheism have to say, and process theology, process reality, panentheism, and symbiotic panentheism validate what it is Hinduism has to to say. So our second question becomes, what does the conceptual framework of Hinduism imply about the universe within which we live? Hinduism implies that the universe is an illusion, and the causative force is the only true reality. The causative force is the guiding force of evolution, and she periodically dissolves the universe and reinitiates the creation of a new universe. The first concept, the world is just an illusion, may sound strange upon first glance. It is, however, no different than most of us believe or sense through our various faiths. Most faiths profess that the causative force created the heavens and earth. Since our basic faiths acknowledge nothing existed but the causative force before the creation of the universe, then the creation of the cosmos, the universe, from nothingness, is not as far-fetched as it may seem. 
With this established as a possibility, the second concept, the causative force periodically dissolving the universe, no longer seems impossible. After all, if the causative force can create something, she can uncreate what she created. And if the causative force can uncreate, it is possible that she may take such an action. This is no more far-fetched than the modern concept of science that the universe may someday implode sometime in the far distant future. The concept of creating the universe out of nothingness is no longer just a mystery. Scientists now understand the apparent significance symmetry has as a law within which our universe exists. As such, they have developed a basic model by which our present universe could theoretically, dissolve into true nothingness. This implies the reverse. The universe could logically have been created from nothingness. The process of creating and uncreating universes and why it might need to take place is dealt with in detail within the first trilogy I channeled, and within the first book of that trilogy, titled You and I Together. This book can be found on my websites, free for you to download, free for you to distribute. The book deals with scientific model for creation and the impact and understanding of just such a model would have had on humanity's past, on humanity's present, and on humanity's future. The problem of temporary universes becomes one of understanding where our significance as individuals and as a species lies in all this creating and uncreating. And that is where symbiotic panentheism, process theology, process reality, reality and Hinduism come in. For they provide an answer and the logic to this very question. The third question we're asking of Hinduism in this podcast is how do the concepts of Hinduism reinforce the concept of panentheism, of process theology, of process reality, of symbiotic panentheism? While Hinduism reinforces process theology, panentheism, by accepting the idea that the causative force periodically, 
starts over by dissolving the existing universe and building a new one. The Hinduistic concept of the causative force and self being identical explains why the idea makes sense that the soul came from the causative force and is a part of the causative force. If the universe were made by the causative force, it can just as easily be uncreated by the causative force. The soul, then, has one of two possibilities in terms of immortality and mortality. The soul could have the characteristic of immortality to be able to exist even if the universe were uncreated, in which case the soul would have nowhere to go but into an all-present, omnipresent, panentheistic causative force. Or, secondly, the soul could be mortal and die with the death of the universe, which is rejected by Hinduism and which is rejected by process theology, process reality, panentheism, and symbiotic panentheism. Modern religions, since the last 4,000 years, have put forth the concept that the essence of humans is the soul, and that the soul is immortal. With the uncreation of the universe, the soul would have nowhere to go but back into the causative force. This concept provides significance to the idea that we exist. No greater significance could be assigned to life than the significance of being a part of something so immense that it actually exists within something bigger than the universe itself. And what could be more significant than being a part of an entity capable of creating the A universe? But there is something more important, something more significant, and that is where symbiotic panentheism process theology, process reality comes into the picture. Process theology, panentheism, goes even further than panentheism itself. For it not only rationalizes the concept that the soul is significant because it is a part of the causative force, but symbiotic panentheism, process theology, process reality, adds the idea that we, as beings, actually have a significant role to play in relationship to the causative force herself. 
The causative force needs the soul. The causative force needs you. The causative force finds your existence to be a means of accomplishing one of the things that it cannot do without it, and that is to create new knowledge. Symbiotic panentheism doesn't just say this is soul, but goes on to rationalize how and why the soul could be significant to the causative force herself. All one has to do if one has forgotten some of the past podcasts is go back to the beginning of Season 1, Episode 1, and review the first six or seven podcasts. So what we have to say about Hinduism does not go against Hindu concepts. Rather, what we have said in this podcast adds to Hinduism itself. Thank you for joining me today. In the meantime, remember to stand strong, stand tall against the forces in society that want to reduce you to mere flesh and blood in order to dominate you and subjugate you, when in fact you have a spark of the divine within you, and it is that spark of the divine which is made in the image of God. You are made in the image of God. You must have significance, and in fact you must be significant. How could it be otherwise? This is Daniel signing off. Peace.